This episode of the Good Ship Brothership is brought to you by Bepis. Feeling down? Bepis. Feeling groovy? Bepis. Feeling the need to overthrow your government and seize control for the people? Bepis. Head on over to www.ow-take-a-sip-of-the-bepis-baby.gov today and enter code I hate podcast sponsorships to receive 4.3% off of your Bepis subscription today. And now on with the show. That is the thing I hate about podcast sponsorships is that they're, I don't know, they take up a minute, minute and a half, five minutes of my day. And then at the end of it, they say, and enter the code. And then it's some stupid thing for, you know, 2% 2% off of your subscription for this arbitrary Sometimes they're like 15 or 20%. I know, but they're always horrendous. It's never, yeah, it's never it like though. 30%. I hate them so much. I wish we had a little bit more light, but this is okay. What do you mean? It's mood lighting, I guess. Man. Welcome to the studio. And welcome everybody who's listening to us uh, for the first time. It's uh, Grant and Jason, everybody. Hello. And we're here to talk about the music that we liked this year. Um, this this came kind of as a result in or as a result to a revolu- revelation. I have to get my podcasting chops honed because as of right now, I have none. This came about as a revelation that I had in November of this year. This year being twenty sixteen. That I was not listening to and seeking out enough new music. And that in and of itself is not necessarily an issue. I don't think one should feel duty-bound to listen to music of any age. But I just felt like I was missing out on great moments in music as they happened. And I think it that sort of started with Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly, which I kind of missed out on for a year maybe two before listening to it and realizing that it was great and I wish I could have been there when that discussion was first happening so anyway Jason and I buckled down from November till now and listened to a whole slew of albums that were made this year and we discovered some very exciting and interesting things and we discovered some very disappointing and flaccid things and Mm. we're going to talk about them both with equal passion, warmth, humor, and cruelty. Although I must say, it's hard to speak about flaccid things with much passion. I can step up to the plate on that. Okay. One. Well, should we start with the flaccid things with like honorable mentions? Uh, that's. I think we should. Well, we have to start with honorable right. mentions. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna start with our honorable mentions. We're gonna start with albums that we listened to and either liked quite a bit but not that much, or albums that we listened to, hoping that we would like them, and again, we didn't like them that much. I think we should start with, um, on a on a high note, with Where the Light Shines Through. What do you think about that? Yeah, I have that on my honorable mentions list, too. I, it's not necessarily on my honorable mentions list, but it's on my list because, of course, Switchfoot was the band that got me into rock and roll music, alternative rock, and probably you. Yeah, mostly. Jason. Let's not forget Disciple, though. Yeah, well, Disciple. Horseshoes and Hangers. Holy heck. They put out an album this year, no. Long Live the Rebel. That's not going to be what we're going to be talking about today. Didn't listen to it. No. Didn't listen to a song of it. Anyway, 
would you like to start or should I jump in? I, I think can, you should start. You okay. can warm. You can warm up. You can tenderize the meat. Don't do that. So, um, hold on. Let me just apologize to everybody. We had a, a discussion earlier today about uh, uh, novice podcasters and how bricking annoying they are mm. and and zany so we're very sorry if we ever tread into that territory we're trying very hard to just be completely absolutely professional in everything that we do jason where the light shines through by switchfoot released this year at some point in the spring i believe mm-hmm. what are your thoughts go i think as a if we kind of handed out awards for like most improved you know like they do for kids who are like decent athletes but they're still not very good decent you don't get well, well if you're like most improved if I you guess. lost a lot of weight or something <laughs> switchfoot's the band that lost a lot of weight this year their previous album um i really did not enjoy at all except and for what was the title of that previous album jason fading west amen and fading west had a couple decent tracks but it was really just them it sounded like them going like super mainstream where the light shines through i think was a partial return to form in that it had a few tracks that had like old switchfoot groove, you know, a little bit of oh gravity, a little bit of nothing is sound kind of going on. But I still think there is, you know, there's a lot left to be desired, you know. It's nowhere near something like Vice Versus, which I thought was just like an awesome group of tracks. That's really all my thoughts Any on it. Any standout tracks on that for you? I did. Now, I know you and I kind of disagree on this. I like Full in China Shop. I think it was really <laughs> groovy. I don't think the writing was good. I do agree with you there. But I think that the groove was such that it kind of overpowered the writing. And I think if that song had been well written, you kind of would have just focused on the awesome like instrumentals anyways. Well, it's it's the thing. I, I almost said it's the thing of, which is a terrible thing to say. But anyway, You're not the, the problem with that is the groove, the musicality in that song is great but the the completely let's let's actually look up these lyrics here um okay uh bull in a china shop hitman bull in a chin no hmm bull in a chin sounds like a painful thing i'm gonna look up lyrics because it looks like that might actually be a, a, a saying and this this is a pet peeve of mine that i had with the, this song in particular, and with, you know, this is not something that's just contained to Switchfoot, of course, but you cannot write a song off of the perceived strength of one old saying, like, bull in a china, oh, he came in like a bull in a china shop. You can't go, hey, I'm going to write a song around this one vaguely, vaguely well-known phrase or vaguely avuncular phrase did i use that right mm, I, don't know. I don't know but here here's some of these the lyrics to the chorus here i want to rock this block like a bull in a china shop give me more time and i'll do it again again again, again. i want to rock this block like a bull in a china shop give me more time and i'll do it again 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 can I just segue right into my... This was one of the big problems I had with this album. Is because on Switchfoot albums like Hello Hurricane, Vice Versus, Oh Gravity, Nothing Is Sound particularly, they're grappling with some really, really weighty spiritual and emotional issues. 
and on this album, the the juxtaposition between their attempts at heavy, dark spirituality and their what I wrote down here as youth group party songs, mm. the juxtaposition between the two of those is so jarring to me that it is completely off-putting because you go from the and i would like to say the opening track holy water i was like so excited when i heard that because i i heard from a couple different people randy and liam that um this album was a huge return to form they really liked it and when holy water came in with that awesome um the the little i guess it would kind of be a chorus or a frame part with the massive soaring bar chords on the electric guitar i was so excited i thought finally switchfoot have reconciled this apparent need for writing massive anthemic christian radio songs with their desire to be more of an energetic and uh quote-unquote serious rock group unfortunately that didn't work um I was told by a couple people, uh, Randy and Jonathan, maybe it wasn't Jonathan, maybe it was Randy Liam again, I don't know, that it evoked Nothing Is Sound, which is one of my favorite Switchfoot albums. It evokes nothing from Nothing Is Sound. It sounds a little, it's a little tinged from Oh Gravity Mm. with that kind of playful pop punk sound, but there's nothing weighty or serious. Um, The last track on the album is just the most syrupy, sapia-tinged trash I have heard in a long, long time. And it hurts because it's coming from Switchfoot. I We know what they're capable of. We've heard how good they can be on Vice Versus and, uh, and some of their other top content. I thought the, the, the songs were just stuffed full of tropes, like all of st- are stuffed full of pimentos, and the taste was bitter, and it left me salty. Yeah, um, and we need to move on, but lest we leave on a super bitter note, in my opinion, it did kind of give me hope for the band, just because it was not kind of the straight trash that uh, Fading West was for the most part. Yeah. So I don't think it was, I don't think it was a bad album, and I think, yeah, I kind of enjoyed it just because it was a little bit better, but overall, it was kind of <laughs> not the best. <laughs> the song, okay, so we're gonna, look, I'm just gonna run through the track list here really fast. We've been going for like 10 well, minutes. fine. We got Holy Water, which is starting off awesome, tons of promise. We got Float, which is just mm. trash. Yeah. It sounds like Switchfoot going, hey, we're going to make a Bruno Mars song for Christian homeschooled mothers. And they did. Driving their kids to, to and fro soccer practice in Indiana. And those would be some dank soccer runs. My word. Anyway, we got Where the Light Shines Through, which sounds like they're really trying to get in on the hipster Christian music scene. Uh, I won't let you go, which is anemic and terrible. If the house burns down tonight, which on the first first listen, I was like, that's great. When I was writing up my summary notes earlier today, I went back and listened to it. I was like, this is worse than I remember. It's like House of Heroes, kind of. Kinda. The day that I found God, shake this feeling. Like, all these titles. Ugh. And then the title of the album, Where the Light Shines Through. Are you kidding me? I like me? that title. I disagree. Are you kidding me? Can you not come up with something a little more original, a little more interesting? Something that distances itself from the rest of your discography? 
I know they stick with the same themes album after album, but we don't need to be anyway. Enough. Okay, yeah. Let's move let's move on to. Can we do one of mine? So yeah, sure. Quick. We can do one of yours. Uh, I just wanted to bring up just as a because I respect the band, um, whom I only really actually truthfully discovered while we were doing research for this. The band Car Seat Headrest and their album Teens of Denial. I thought it was a really interesting. I don't like the term homage because I feel like it's really overplayed. But I'm well, gonna use well, it. It's the when you were playing the the album. I'll lean forward so it doesn't sound like I'm two feet away. Even though now that I have leaned forward, I am two feet away. And before it was more like four feet away. Got him. This album did evoke for me something of a television vibe. Television made my favorite album of all time. So that's awesome. And there was a little bit of a... Arctic Monkeys debut album sound <clears throat> in there, which is totally awesome because, of course, that's mm. a great album as well. And I mean, shout out to the lead singer Will Toledo, is twenty four years it's old. It's almost as if you're you're reading these. No, I'm not. From, look, 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 look. I just have it written in pencil. Okay, well, very good, Jason. Okay. Uh, just so all you uh, uh, can picture this, <laughs> Jason uh, printed his notes. And mine are scrawled on with pencil on paper. I, I mean, so Will, Will Toledo or whatever his yeah. name is. 24 years old. This is his 13th studio album, and I feel like we're just probably going to see more good things from him. So I just wanted to give them a shout-out, but that's really it. What's another one of yours? Um, one of mine that um, I think you listened to a little bit. I listened to it a little bit more. Awaken My Love. Mm, that's on here, too. Which... Randy made me hip to Randy Bowman, drummer in my band, my best bud, my, my best bud, my, <laughs> my best bud, in my best bud. It's a good friend of ours. Yeah, he's a strong acquaintance. I would stand say. up guy. We've shared. He and I have shared okay. a single person air mattress. He su- suggested "Awaken My Love" by um, Childish Gambino, and I was quite impressed initially. Upon a little bit of a deeper listen, um, my I've decided uh, that it's it's an album with a few standout tracks, a lot of fluff, a lot of. Mm. Um, it felt a little too overproduced to me. It felt like every time they were kind of in a artistic rut in terms of where they wanted to take the song, they just layer on lots of reverb onto Donald Glover's voice or put a whole bunch of. I would love to see what he'd do with more restrictions. I watched a live performance of Redbone, which is Great one of my song. standout tracks. Amazing. I would have never thought that the phrase stay woke would be, I, I don't know, stuck in my head in a song. Because that, you know, you'd think, you know, that's a little stupid. You're that's not a little, 13 anymore. That's a little trendy yeah. saying stay woke in a song. But somehow he makes it work. Oh, man. But I watched a live performance of Redbone on a late night talk show, the name of which I cannot remember at the, this moment. And it was a lot better than the album version, in my opinion. And the album version a, was very good. Yeah. A, Donald Glover. Ama- it sounds exactly like that live. Mm. Um, but, but the restrictions of having a band sounded a little good the sound was a little cleaner less cluttered um and the cover's very cool it just felt he could have used a little more focus a little more trimming of the fat 
but overall, great, great album. Standout tracks, Redbone and the opener, Me and Yo Mama. That's the two that I have down here as well. Which, you know, were... I I was very blown away when, when I heard them both for the first time. Do you have anything to add to that? Um, not really. I said... Just a slight spoiler alert. Um, it kind of reminds for me... For an album. Yeah, for an album. It kind of reminds me a bit of Alex Cameron, who we'll talk about later. Just in that, it combines, like, this retro, like kind of groove with like a lot of these kind of futuristic sort well maybe not futuristic but you don't have to speak as loud as you're speaking bt dubs but kind of cutting edge i appreciate you projecting i like to project no yeah no it was a very cool and i said um two things two options i'd love to see would be a childish gambino tour with the band vintage trouble opening vintage trouble being a kind of soul r&b band with like a very traditional classic vibe and uh childish gambino's really uh taken the r&b soul sound into the space age on this album and it's a very very cool sound and a very very cool vibe he's achieved like i said could have just done with a little more trimming of the fat what else do you have in your honorable mentions because i have uh, uh one more i have one more too and they might be the same one moonshape cool Nope. No? So I, Well, yeah. I, well, yeah. it is in mine, but it's not written down. Yeah. So my last honorable mention would be Radiohead's Moonshaped Pool. I think this might have gotten higher up on the list if I had given it more time to like <laughs> digest and percolate. Um, I don't think I really gave it a fair shake, even though I really like um, kind of older Radiohead stuff. It has a lot of promise. I thought it kind of lacked a little bit of cohesion. And like, I really appreciate when a band does you know kind of like out there stuff as we'll see later on the list but to me there's also kind of a limit where you know you should gets, still be making it, songs it yeah. gets a little too floaty and a little too mm. disjointed and yeah if I, I still want to be able to introduce someone to a band by showing them a track instead of being like well or even part yeah, of a track none of this really makes sense unless you listen to the whole album yeah but you know a decent album and that's all i really and then another say. complaint yeah. of course is that radiohead removes all of their songs from from any free streaming service like i always say if people want to steal your music they're gonna steal it if they want to pay you they're gonna pay you Mm. so just let people listen for free i would have honestly if i could have listened to the album and i know this is kind of a terrible thing to say especially for myself as a musician but if i could have listened to the album for free i probably would have had a higher chance of just buying it right after the first listen as opposed to having to seek out tracks on different streaming services. I think it sounds like a very cool album. Again, you listen to the sounds that Radiohead gets, and you marvel at the fact that mm-hmm. a collection of human beings can can pull that off. Um, but of course, you know, Johnny, Johnny Greenwood and uh, Tom York, we know you listen to this podcast righteously, righteously, religiously. But in, in your religion, you are righteous them. because mm. you never li- miss an episode. Thank so, you. So put your stuff up on YouTube for the love of um, cocaine. Oh, such a strong love. My, and here's where things are going to get interesting, folks, because Jason and I, of course, have listened to a lot of the similar music, but we don't know what we what each other has. Wait. Each doesn't know what the other has on their top three or honorable mentions. So I have a pretty good idea what you're doing. My, my next honorable mention... My last one is You Want It Darker by Leonard Cohen. You suck. <laughs> um, 
Leonard Cohen obviously sadly passed away um, it, it, a couple weeks after releasing this album. About a week, week and a half. And of course, he he's a uh, I'm a huge fan of his stuff, and so is Jason. Uh, where should I? Uh, the The standout tracks for me on this album would be, of course, the title track "You Want Darker," which is amazing, with the choir coming in and and then the beat. I love, 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 love the instrumentation. I bet people are going to think their podcast stuck there. Mm-hmm. I love, 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 Leonard, 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 okay, Coach, okay. Coach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's the answer. Jason, it's okay. <laughs> we're still here, everybody. You thought we left, but we're still here. Psych. Anyway. Let's not get too um, annoying. So the two tracks that I loved, and I bet that that hand clap there just dimed out this microphone. Let's scroll back see no we're good oh yeah we're fine um we're the title track you want it darker comes in with the choir with the beat like i said the instrumentation production top notch somehow it is this is the perfect environment in which to hear to showcase leonard cohen's extraordinary voice and writing the other song that i really connected with was on the level which is Hmm. uh like a beautiful kind of gospel swing kind of thing for some reason, I did not connect with this album like I connected with his previous one, Popular Problems, despite the fact that I really, really wanted to. I pre-ordered the CD right here and uh, listened to it religiously and righteously in the uh, car and truck as I drove around for a couple of weeks. But it just didn't grab me, and I didn't connect with it on the level that, uh, that I did with Popular Problems. I said the first time I heard this album, though, actually the first time I heard the title track, I said, this is going to be Leonard Cohen's last album. You and did you, say that. And you said, oh, no, no, I, I think just, the, No, I said, uh, maybe not. Uh, uh, he's going to do a hip-hop album. That's what your prediction was. Oh, that's right. That, I thought he was going to do that and then EDM. But anyway, uh, so yeah, it's, it is a beautiful, great album. It's only not in my top three because I just didn't connect with it on on the level i understand hey did you get that yeah because the one song is called on the level so i guess i guess i have a couple more honorable mentions because all you have are your top three right yep because i still have three others that we can blaze through you have three oh wow yeah well let's go go rapid fire what's the first one so the first one that i think is the least out of these this will be quick because you don't like it is therapy session by nf oh man (laughs) i think that i I think that NF has a good therapy session. Piano, dink it, dink it, dink it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I think that NF is super formulaic, but I think he has a ton of energy, and I think he's. You could say he's super formulaic, but I think be right. Okay, don't talk over top of me, please. We talked about this. I think that he's a way better. (laughs) I think he's a way better writer than any other Christian rapper. Uh, I think he has more energy. I got to see him live kind of almost by accident, um, and he put on a great show. I think he really actually improved over his last album in every objective measure. And yeah, that's basically it. Standout tracks from that, I would say, are Intro 2 and Therapy Session. 
my next one, and I know this will probably reappear on yours, so this will be quick also, is Jump the Shark by Alex Cameron. Oh, you put um, that on your honorable mention. Well, it's number 4.1, you know? It's kind of fifth. I really like the groove, and he really came out of nowhere. I did not expect this would be in the discussion. I had never heard of this man before. He's from Australia, so I'm still not convinced that that's a real place. He has a really... That's a good joke. Original content. Um, he has a really nice, like, kind of tight groove. He has a great, like, social media presence. I love his persona. <laughs> like, yeah. if you look at the album cover, he's this kind of, like, greaser guy with all these, like, I he, guess scars on his face. He invented a whole persona for the album, and I really respect that. Yeah, well, he, uh, he's supposed to be, like, a failed... Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, nightclub singer from L.A., sleazy, kind of greasy dude. And he applied, like you said, all these fake uh scars to his face for the photograph on the album and he looks positively strange and that yeah. is what attracted me to the album first and lastly i just wanted to say um i love how he takes his music seriously but he's never above like cracking a joke in his song lyrics like what's his lyric about his lawyer ahmed um. my my <laughs> lawyer uh he said he can't do this ahmed wears a suit and tie come on man ahmed's legit He's like, coming at you like a paralegal nightmare. Got him staying up at the Ritz. We're going to get my show back. I like, I've, I've got uh, a whole bit about that song in mind. Yeah. I've always said that music is an inherently kind of joyful experience, and so I appreciate somebody who can be a bit lighthearted. Lastly, and I don't want to glance over this one too much because I feel like in a couple weeks it'll be in my top three, is Bonnie Bear's 22 A Million. I think this is a really fantastic album and i'm sad that it's not on my top three but i just couldn't bring it to displace any of the other three i think that the track titles are interesting and how they're assigned uh, a symbol and a number like from numerology not really my thing but i appreciate <laughs> it is actually is it okay i'm uh, reading tea leaves right now yeah but i do appreciate when someone puts more thought into all areas of the album instead of being like this is the song album arts whatever track list is whatever like he put thought into each of those areas i like how the sound kind of flows to an extent from um digital to analog as the album progresses you know it becomes just a little bit less vocoded just a little bit less uh highly processed and i think it's just a really like it's a it takes you on a compelling sort of journey and i feel like it kind of pulls off the whole radiohead moonshaped poodle thing a little bit better than radiohead did just having you know, it's very it's a very textured album, mm -hmm. and the production and instrumentation of the album are elements that themselves tell a story. Yeah. Which most bands, it's normally just a vehicle for delivering a story, as as say a hot dog bun is a vehicle mm. for getting that that sausage into your mouth. And I love an album too, like Television or like Alex Cameron's Jumping the Shark, where you listen to it for the fiftieth time and you go, oh man. I never heard, you know, this little guitar line, and that's really cool. That adds something to the song, and I think that uh, 22 A Million is going to be something that, you know, an album where that happens to me for many months to come. And on the topic of the track listing and how stuff's titled, I like that surface-level obscurity. Yeah. Because that kind of surface-level obscurity provides uh, an indication of the depth that's contained within exactly. the album and a little bit of a barrier for a barrier to entry which is i think like i yeah. i always say i find important to 
making my own music and listening to music that's truly rewarding. That said, numerology, not my first choice, second, probably not my 69th choice. Um, standout <laughs> tracks from 22 A Million are, the song title is 33, quote, God, unquote, and 8, bracket, circle, bracket. <laughs> that is that is the issue when you're trying to, have you heard the song, 8, circle, bracket, circle, uh, no, one of the worst ones My is, Elbow uh, Loves Ketchup. The first one is Over Soon which is in brackets and all the letters are in capitals but then the two o's in s are infinity symbols i'm like i don't even i can't even type that in my phone when yeah. i'm searching for a bit of a pain but you know okay now well grant reads his third are we heading on to the top three now yeah and because we should do something that we forgot to do at the start of the show what's that oh my goodness no oh man we we forgot everybody to introduce you to our very important uh, theme music. How did we forget? I don't know, but it's important. But I figured, you know, since things are going so well. Oh, we should almost just like put it in like... No, it's oh, way too late man. now. I've okay. brought it up. This is what I'm doing. I'm burning the boat here. Shoot. So... I can't believe you forgot let's that. Let's see. I can't exactly remember, but this could very well be our theme music, but it might not be. <laughs> are you ready? And while you play it, I'm going to eat this green wrapped lint chocolate i hope it tastes like an apple i have to take my retainer out first. you just put it in i don't know i'll <laughs> just play it is this it no one yes it is Two. yes it is are you sure one. yeah Two. i don't think Three. it is really? ready go no it's not it. yes. this is no it's not it's not <laughs> it's not the laughing one hold on. okay hold on everybody it's okay i promise <laughs> oh here it is yeah <laughs> One, two, three, ready, go! <laughs> if this isn't making you smile, you're dead inside. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna have to compress this part. <laughs> big, big finish. <laughs> I like how. Uh... Okay, so that's that's our our theme music. I'm really sorry we completely mm -hmm. forgot to. Uh, we were gonna haul it out at the beginning of the show, and it was gonna be awesome and weird. But I hope it's even weirder now going into our top three and I, uh, having th that just inserted into the middle of this show. Is this even a show? I guess it's a show. We're not showing them anything. I know. I guess it's not. an ear show. An ear show. Did we even the tell them what it's called? The Good Ship Brothership Ear Show. Yeah, we yeah. did. Because at the beginning, we've got the sponsorship that I've pre-recorded. That says, uh, okay. this episode of the Good Ship mm -hmm. Brothership yeah, yeah, is brought yeah, yeah. to you right. by... Yeah. Can we should, should brought say, to like, you by cancer. I feel like we should still say, welcome aboard the Good Ship Brothership. Anyways. Yeah, we should. We're, we'll, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll get better with this. I'm Give sorry. us a break, guys. What's your number yeah, three? Yeah, come on. What do you want from us? My number three. Here, here's the bombshell I'm about to drop mm. on your orifice. Okay. Just my don't number... drop it in my orifice. <laughs> okay. My number three was an album that I listened to in its entirety today. For the first time, and was so moved and affected by it that it instantly went on to my top Iggy three. Iggy Pop's album. 
It is the album Skeleton Tree by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Really? I first heard this album a while back when it was released, and the song, uh, it's something Jesus. I know it's got Jesus in the title. Let me let me just Google this. It's the most important part. Um, I gotta be honest with you, I did not even know that Nick Jesus, Cave put out an album this year. Jesus Alone is the, yep, in September. So the first track, Jesus is Alone, which is this kind of weird, it's like, it's a churning fuzz guitar with very soft drumming and just spoken word over the whole song. So it's a really dissonant, weird sounding track. And I was kind of put off by it when I first heard it. And it's like, eh, do I really want to spend time with a whole album that sounds like this? But the rest of the album is completely different. And right after writing the song Jesus Alone, um, and I'm going to Google the lyrics here, Nick Cave's son fell. Do, do you know about this? Nick no. Cave's son fell down a cliff and died. His really? seven, his son's 17 years old. Completely oh, no, I did hear about blue. that. Right. Totally tragic. These are the lyrics to the song Jesus Alone, which he wrote before this happened. He fell from the sky, crash-landed in a field near the river Adur. Flowers spring from the ground, lambs burst from the wombs, wombs of their mothers. In a hole beneath the bridge, you convalesced, you fashioned masks of twigs and clay. You cried beneath the dripping trees, ghost song lodged in the throat of a mermaid. And the album is this weird... The, the rest of the album after that is Nick Cave reconciling with and coming to the terms with the death of his son. And the standout tracks for me that I heard, and again, I've I've only heard these once, and that was that's enough for a long time for me because they are, I was in tears listening to them for the first time, and the songs that really stood out to me were Rings of Saturn, amazing, Girl in Amber, and I Need You, during which I absolutely broke down. This album is. The it is an emotional snapshot of a man who is just in agony. The whole album is it has this disconnected feel and it just perfectly matches how numb and shocked you feel Nick Cave feels. And it is heart wrenching. And I wrote down here, um normal, normally macabre, now heart shredding. Uh because Nick Cave, you know, I, I think of him as staggerly. I think like he was the murder He's a guy, badass. Right? He's yeah. scary. But this is the most vulnerable album I think I have ever heard in my entire life. Interesting. And knowing the backstory going into it, I think really helps with that. But he's Nick Cave is genius on this album. Completely fearless. It is the bravest album probably this year. And Black Star came out this year. Yeah. You know? So I was completely taken aback by this album. I know you don't have anything to add to it, but I'm totally buying it on CD. Probably vinyl as well. It is beautiful. A lot of the stuff, like, it, it's spoken word more so. Mm. And that really adds to the disconnected feeling and the, this numb kind of paralysis. And even, like, I've never seen or listened to this album before, but even I'm just looking at the album cover on the screen right now. And it's just, you know, text kind of down the corner. It, yeah, and the rest of the like, album is black. Like, it has looks this like the old green on black 
mm-hmm. computers. That, yeah. yeah, like an ancient computer would have on it. And it, yeah, it, even that, you know, has like a sort of disconnected. Um, it's just totally yeah. naked, totally stripped exactly. down, vulnerable. Anyway, yeah. So that's that is actually my number three now. After just one listen, what's your number three, Jason? Do go. you know what it is? You probably know what it is. I'm gonna say it is a uh, big thief. Correct. My number three is Big Thief's new album, Masterpiece. This is actually another band that I was not aware of until a few weeks ago when I was doing research. And I looked them up, um, and I looked up quite a few bands for the research for the, the research for this. And a lot of them I listened to, even like Car Seat Headrest, and I was like, this is good, but whatever. It doesn't speak to me. I understand it's good, but I'm not going to listen to it probably after this. But Masterpiece... Um, I'm just going to write what I read here because it's... You're going to read what you wrote. Ooh. That's meta. Did you, did you know what you said? I understand now. Okay. You, 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 did All, you go back and listen in yes, your head to what I you did. just said? Okay. okay. All that to say, this is going to sound really, you know... Recited? Yeah, exactly. Because it is. Okay. I said, Big Thief's Masterpiece is a fantastic nostalgic album. Uh, it's just classic indie goodness with the added bonus of some of the best writing I've heard in a long time. Um, I will definitely have my eye on them in the future. Whoa! <laughs> oh, mama! <laughs> I Whoa. hope the mic picked that up. The frog in your oh, throat no just kidding. started yodeling. Oh, man. Oh! I, oh, man. The frog's name is Lucas. I hope, he, I hope everybody at behind. home just heard that. Whew. But yeah, their writing has this beautiful, just this nostalgic flavor. And I feel like... Um, nostalgic songs are kind of overdone with a lot of people and they're not really nostalgic they're just sad but this um this album makes me like miss times that i never even had you know like the the track paul just has like this such this nostalgic um flavor of a man and woman in love um yeah that was a good tune you played that for me yeah and it just grooves man also i just want to grooves man dude sorry what do you want from me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> more of that that's what i want from you <laughs> you say holy moses you're like do you have anything to add jason and i can just <laughs> i just had one of my mom's homemade muffins so i guess you know it's reacting to the i guess to the lindor chocolate oh man they're just having a fight anyways i just stifled another one i should also note that uh they are easily the most irritating band I've ever watched perform, and that did take away yes. from the album a bit. We watched uh, NPR's Tiny Music Desk concert, and I think one of the commenters said it best when he said, there's a Forever 21 girl, a disco man, a fisherman, and a pro bowler. They're yeah, just... They're, they're like... Oh, man. It's just... It looks like a bunch of hipsters went into somebody's childhood dress-up box and just seized random items and threw them yeah. on now of course it's music it's not all about the look but you it's can, kind of about you can, the look you too can, though but you can just tell they put thought into it mm, yeah. their drummer had like a hunter orange hat on and a fishing vest what are you doing bud and the their guitarist looked like he was having neck seizures for the whole i did respect npr though for publishing that even though the guitarist had a seizure during the whole performance during the, enti- like, the entire yeah, course of like, the for the purity of this we're still going to publish it but I also, again, I don't want to end on a negative note. This album was incredible, and I would recommend Paul and Masterpiece if you're going to listen to two tracks. But this album, as with numbers one and two, 
please, if you care about music, just go listen to the whole album at least once. It is a very good album. You will it's, not be disappointed. It's uh, the, They're fronted by a woman, and they kind of have a... I would say a Bright Eyes vibe, even though, I mean, Bright Eyes, obviously, it's, male band. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of in that neck of the woods of folkish, mm-hmm. but it's it's electric guitar driven. Great tones, great mm-hmm. electric guitar tones, especially for the the female vocalist who's playing the rhythm parts yeah. and whatnot. Really, really cool stuff. It really works together, and they're a, a, clearly a band who play very well together. Yeah, and uh, I do feel, I'll just add up, this is my last kind of note i think a lot of folk is really overdone now you know like someone in a wide-brimmed hat with like a skirt or whatever and they're like oh i'm folk i play the ukulele probably the banjo too but this is a band where it really does seem like they just you know the way they're they want to express them. themselves yeah. yeah they're just doing that they're not doing folk they're doing you, do them. you kid yeah you do you. so i really want to commend them because as much as i wanted uh bonavir to be on the top three he couldn't push out Big Thief, because Big Thief's album was incredible. My number two, which has been discussed a little bit thus far, is Jumping the Shark by Alex Cameron. I discovered uh, Al Cam, as his friends refer to him as, from a Vinyl Me Please list that was like, 15 overlooked albums of 2016, whoa! They were right about one of them. We're so hip! And uh, I believe I was on the toilet at the time that I saw the article. So, of course, I scrolled through it, and I just saw this sunglass-wearing, scar-faced, collar-popping, hair-greasing dude on the front of this album. Total and dude in, like, the 50 cents. A like dude. We're talking about. Yeah. Um, and was completely interested in how weird... And the, the coloration of the the cover of the album too is kind of faded it's super desaturated it's the whole album has that kind of faded vibe to it alex cameron almost has written a folk album with electronic music behind it it's very very interesting it came totally out of the blue for me the songs that really stood out on it for me were the comeback which was the one that we were talking about earlier with ahmed which is about a failed show host trying to get his show back um and it it has literal laugh out loud moments and like purposefully mm. meant to be absurd funny details about his the failed happenings show, yeah. his fail his failures and his delusional belief that he can get it all back he can get it all back that he's still the top um dog it's a nice contrast to a lot of syrupy pops like shoot for your dreams even if you you know shoot for the moon if you miss you land among the stars like or you could just be alex cameron and have a lawyer named ackman you know if you if you miss you end up committing suicide (laughs) well he's still alive the other oh not the character in that song that's what i was talking okay okay yeah um spoilers i'm sorry the second song i chose was she's mine which is like a super groovy uh kind of 80s inflected uh, synth thing. <laughs> it's oh, a synth thing. How descriptive. <laughs> how musically ambiguous. So, some of the stuff on this album sounds like grittier Lord from Pure Pure Heroin from her darkest moments yeah. with less teen anxiety and all that sort of I'm thing. So and then the, the last uh, song I picked was Take Care of Business, which mm-hmm. is just a great song. Um, a couple things. It the album is just so fresh 
Mm-hmm. It's so stripped down. For most of the songs, it's just going to be a drum beat that you're hearing from like a drum machine, and then it's just going to be a couple layers of synth keyboards that come in. Um, his live shows look to be awesome, and like you said, he's equal parts fun and then business. Like yeah. he he blends sincerity and tongue in cheek humor in a way that almost nobody can. I think if he were a filmmaker, he would be the Coen Brothers. Because he, you yeah. always listen to this, and you're like, is he serious? Is he joking? And a lot of times, I think the answer is probably both, because, you know, the two aren't mutually exclusive. I've, I, and I've always been interested in the setting of sleazy, mm. yeah. Vegas, law, uh, Hollywood styles, yeah. backdrops, and he sells it so well. Jason, you're number two. I actually want to cover a little bit more Alex Cameron, oh, because okay. I talked about him just a bit, but... Yep. A couple other things. My two songs, Take Care of Business as well. We discussed that. Not going to go into it. Real bad looking. Awesome. <laughs> awesome uh, testament of a ugly mother protesting that uh, she should be allowed to leave her kid in the car. Some of the some of the lyrics and, are, oh, there's a music video for Well, you look that up. I want to read just a quick excerpt from his Facebook post so you can understand a bit of his persona because he has a fantastic persona. Al Cam here. We're moving folks and fast changing cities, hairstyles, our alliance with rental car companies. This morning, I almost took a facial mole off with a razor. That's how fast it's all happening. <laughs> he does have a facial and that's, mole, yeah, too. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and that's, like, just the kind of persona that he never lapses from, and I really respect him for that. Some of the, um, what were one of the lyrics here from the drunkest, quote-unquote, drunkest, ugliest girl at the bar. This is from Real Bad Looking. Yep. My husband's at work. My baby's in a Daewoo sauna. Daewoo being an Australian brand of automobile. I hold my breath when I check just to see that she isn't a Ghana. Goner. Uh, so this this woman's in drinking, getting smashed, and just left her child out in the car. So just despicable, terrible characters pretty much all across the board. And it's chilling, but it's kind of funny. A lot like a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah. Okay. My number two and I think we're probably going to get to this a bit later, is Black Star by David Bowie. Um, again, I'm just going to read what I've written. I knew written. it was going to be your number two, so I'm yeah. not too rattled. I'm going to read what I've written, and it's going to be scripted, and then we'll get into more improv stuff. So, captivating, amazing, draining. Black Star really gives a unique experience. Um, I thought it was an album which possesses an amazing amount of depth, and I feel like I've only scratched the surface of that. For instance, and maybe you have this written down too, the song on the album, Girl Loves Me, is written in not one, because one's not enough, but two different kinds of street slang. And if I can interject yeah. real quick, I read again today, did, yeah. which I had forgotten, one of the slang is actually fake slang from the Clockwork Orange. <laughs> so it's half That's that, awesome. and yeah. it's half some kind of, I think it's like, it was London street slang mm-hmm. from the 70s, from like gay bars and weird stuff like that, and this is. Going back to what we talked about with Bonnie Vare, but like times a million, this yeah. is where we talk about barrier to entry, obscurity, and depth of sound. Um, I've listened to this album, I don't know how many times. A lot of people, when they listened to it, they found it hard to go back to because it was very emotionally draining as it was released just a couple days before David Bowie passed away. I didn't find that. I listened to it again and again, and every time I listened to it, I noticed something new, and I love it. Um, and yet, I still feel like there's so much more t- for me to unpack. Like, Girl Loves Me. I don't know what that song's about at all. I haven't and looked I think that, that up. I have no be, idea. I think that could be part of the 
mm-hmm. whole point of the song too is uh is it's confusion right yeah. and it could be bowie just venting his his fear and confusion at his Passing. illness you know yeah. and his imminent death his, yeah you know he clearly he was very aware that he was going to die mm. and quickly soon and i think um talking about confusion and period of entry when i first heard it he was still living and i thought well this is interesting different i just wish it made a little bit more sense and then he passed away and then i went back to it and i went oh yeah i think I everybody did that. Yeah. yeah um i touched then, on that a little in my yeah so. the last observation i have is more than any other album on this list it will be the album that takes up the most of your time because even after you stop listening to it, you're still thinking about it. Yeah, that's true. Like Alex Cameron's album is much more like a. I'm now I want to say like a movie, but it's not really. But it's like a, a it's a collection of portraits and yeah. to borrow an overused term in music, vignettes. Yeah, I dislike that term. Now, no, but I, you're right though. It's little snapshots of different people in different circumstances. There's no heavy overarching story, and the same with. You Want It Darker by Leonard Cohen. It's just, You Want It Darker is just a collection of really, really good songs. But this is a big statement Mm -hmm. about Bowie's entire life and his death, too. And I'm going to say this for every one of the top three, like what I said for Big Thief. Please don't just listen to these two songs. Listen to the whole album. If I had to pick two songs, my two standout tracks are Lazarus and Dollar Days. Both are just incredible. Frick you, man. Are those both yours? They're two of mine, and nice. I have three. But, you know, there's not a bad song on there. Yeah, there really isn't, and that's kind of what kind of alarming. Yeah. Even, like, Big Thief's album, Masterpiece, again, incredible album. There are a couple songs I was like, eh, these are kind of stinkers. You probably could have cut it down a couple Th- tracks. It just happens. How many tracks are on the Big Thief album? Like, I don't know. Google it. <laughs> but, it, yeah, and Big Thief didn't have much of that, but, you know, I would say 95% of the albums <laughs> I listen to, there's, like, always a little bit of fluff current looking this up um i would like to take this opportunity to tell you that we are brought to you by ma's homemade muffins nobody does it like ma at all okay so the big thief album has 12 tracks Mm. and the bowie album has around uh, 10 i think it's got less than that one (laughs) i think it has hold on one (laughs) two counting Three, four, five, six, nine, seven. It's got seven tracks on. Seven tracks. A seven track album of astonishing, astonishing, (laughs) of astonishingly good songs will make more of an impression than a twelve track album where three quarters of the songs are great and the remaining quarter you think "Eh, I could have done without these and it would have made the other songs seem better for it. I feel it would be a miss not to point out, however, that like the title track, Black Star, is, I think, 9 minutes and 59 seconds it's, long. Yeah. So he still fills the time just fine with oh, seven yeah. tracks. Yeah. Okay. What's your number one? My number one, Black Star oh, by David Bowie. Yay. Wow. Now you can say your what piece. A, what a surprise. Everybody who's listening to this, a.k.a. three of our, our pals. Hey there, Randy. Randy. Hi, Randy. Hi, hi, Jonathan. Jonathan, I know you're going to be listening to this. We love you. We love you so much. You know what we should get for doing these later? A million dollars. We get lots of money mm. for doing this show. Yeah. We oh. should get the um 
ASMR the ASMR mics that's like two ears mm. and we'd each be on one side oh. so when people like you're you're tickling the, well, the left and I'm tickling the right well I use two mics and one would be you know, yeah. it's not the same though because the, the fleshy ear mm. ear sculpture there also this table is just going to be creaking for the entire that's episode a, which is great it's authentic the Good Ship Brothership episode one feet the table it's a little bit of a creaky ship creakers you know? the table I feel yeah. like it would be a, kind of like a galleon yeah for sure you would be the chef I would be I don't know, the cabin boy, probably, if I'm being honest. Probably. Okay, what, what are your thoughts Number on one, Black, Black Star? Star. Black Star comes out. It's out for like three days. Bowie dies. Everybody's like, wait a second. That's not how this works. You're supposed to be touring. And then everybody simultaneously, magically goes, oh. And every the, the scales fall off the eyes. Everybody realizes this is what the album was about. Him dying. Did you like that? Yeah. That's what the album was about. Whereas... But... And this is what I'm... I The first thing I have... Second thing I have written down here. The album is perfectly cryptic. Mm. It came out... Everybody's like, this is weird imagery. These are weird themes. What's he talking about? However much time elapses, Bowie passes away. Everybody magically... Nobody called it, really, that I saw. Everybody at once was on the mm, same yeah. page. We were all riding that wave, and we all arrived at the same place at the same time of going, my word, he has turned his death into... I. It's not marketing for the album, because it's part of the album. He has, he has merged his death with his final mm. creation, with his final album. What a genius. What a genius. And I think any, like, any amount whatsoever of uh skepticism i would have that an artist is doing what they're doing like for the sake of their brand goes right out the window when i'm like well you died when they incorporate their death into their last yeah i really like a lot of artists i'm sure do what they do from a genuine place but i know this was a thousand percent genuine because he knew he was leaving right afterwards yeah and i really respect that and i have in block capitals here no fat anywhere true which is what we're talking about seven tracks each track is really really good even the ones that could be considered tis a pity she was a whore some people might not like that song i do i think all the songs are really great it was necessary um the the band he has assembled is mm, just yeah. ridiculous you do need to touch the on that production by tony visconti who is with him for many i think he was with him for um uh, help me out here Ground control to major talk. Space oddity. Spade, uh, space oddity. Yeah. Spade oddity. Yeah, spade oddity. Um, he was. Bill he's been with him since that. Um, since that phase. So uh, Tony Visconti, really almost borderline lifelong collaborator with Bowie. Again, doing an amazing job with the production. Everything is just perfectly layered. There's just the right amount of depth where you avoid being too cluttered and hitting the awaken my love trap of exactly. it's too crowded i can't focus on anything it's just a wall of noise the band is tight the band is focused it there's a live energy to the music david bowie's voice you can hear he's old he's you can hear really that he's sick and that he's unwell his voice is much weaker than it has been in other albums but he uses that to his advantage in just an amazing like you never notice You'd never listen to it and go, wow, Bowie sounds weak. 
Yeah, and I think this is a perfect example. I was just thinking now while you're talking, and I thought one of the things that makes a truly great album, like a fantastic album like this, is it requires a conscious input from the, the listener, and it provides a different output. And that's exactly what this album does. You know, you have to come at it with your own thoughts and perspective and, you know, knowledge of prior events. Um, and then it provides you with just this incredible experience that you would never get. Like, if I walked up to, like, I don't know, my mom, and I was like, hey, mom, check out this album. She doesn't know, she doesn't really care that David Bowie's dead. She certainly does not care that David Bowie's dead. She would not get the same experience because she didn't have the input. Um, and th- this is what I'm talking about, too, that this is one of the reasons why I wanted to get into new albums. Yeah. After this experience... I, I got into David Bowie not a long time before, probably yeah, six last, months before. last year. Yeah. Middle of last year, I really started getting into Bowie and digging through his back catalog. And when this came out, I was so excited because I was like, yes, yeah. now I can be on board for this. Yeah. And then this happened. I know. And I had no idea what I was signing up for. Because I thought, unlike like when I got into B.B. King, he was like very old, not the best when he was live, if I'm being honest. Rest in peace, sir. But when I got into David Bowie, I thought he's only 68, I think, 67. He when does, he's 69, yeah. yeah. And I was like, awesome. He'll still have, like, a lot of stamina when he's live. And, like, yeah. I can see him, if not in his prime, then at least, like, not while he's fading. He'll still be good, yeah. Didn't happen. Yeah. But Byproduct is one of the great albums of the last several years. And that experience is one of the things that drove me to wanting to listen to more new music mm-hmm. so I wouldn't miss out. Because if I had missed out on that, I wouldn't have, would yeah. have never forgiven myself for it. So... Uh, wh- just a few closing yeah. remarks. Uh, again, the band Amazing Bowie, famous for bringing in and assembling bands for each of his albums. And this, I think, is one of the best bands he has ever had. Mm-hmm. It's, I agree. Um, let me try and remember the members. I know Donnie McCasklin, I might be saying mispronouncing that, on saxophone, who does an amazing job. The mm-hmm. saxophone solo sounds so good. Uh, Mark Guiliana on drums who He is peerless <laughs> He blew me away Man alive More Amazing. than anybody else And uh, uh, I cannot Tim And then I cannot re- Pronounce his last name LeBerve On bass I believe And then the guitarist Whose name Criminally escapes me now Because the guitar souls on Dollar Days And I Can't Give Everything Away These beautiful jazz fusion things That just soar And And they they really carried this album mm-hmm. with Bowie. Bowie, once again, proving he can pick them like nobody else can. Yeah, I think this is an album, obviously, solo artist David Bowie. Yeah. But at the same time, it feels more like a band's album. Everybody plays an equal, vital role well, that doesn't overplay their position Bowie either. has always been able to do mm-hmm. that somehow. Like, you listen to Young Americans or something, and yeah. it's, you can't believe it's not a band that has exactly. been playing together for 20 years. Uh, my three picks for the album for songs were Lazarus, Girl Loves Me, and Dollar Days. Good picks. Jason, you're number one. Let's go. So talking again about how with David Bowie's death, you know, um, he died just a few short months after we started really appreciating his music. The death of my number one artist hit me a lot harder because we had been into him a little bit longer, and that's You Want It Darker by Leonard Cohen. And yes. I've already talked about it. Yes, you're going to listen to us talk about it again. So shut up. Take well, your take your finger off of the pause button. Go back to driving to visit your grandma in the Poconos. 
Your grandma needs you. Don't crash the yeah. car trying to stop listening to us. We're Keep not listening. that unimportant. You pig. Oh. No, I didn't mean that. Yeah. Hey, come back. Come back. Okay. Okay, Thank we're you. glad to yeah. have you. Thank you. Yeah. So as I was saying, sorry about that. Um, you want it darker came out, and even if Leonard Cohen was still a healthy, vibrant man, I don't think that changes much. I think it would have probably still been my number one. I listened to this; it was incredible. Um, but his death unlocked it like Bowie's. But I think the shift is David Bowie's album was a concept album about his death. Leonard Cohen's album is just kind of reminiscing, like thinking, stewing on the whole concept of death. I don't yeah. think it's applied to him as personally as Bowie's is. No. But at the same time, I think it paints a broader, more grandiose, even more relatable picture. I think everybody, you know, not to get too macabre, but everybody um, has had someone close to them pass away. And I think that the themes on this album are super relatable. Um, so I'm going to read what I have written here. Wikipedia says... You want darker is the fourteenth and final studio. Isn't that sad? Final studio album. That really sucks, mm-hmm. man. Leonard Cohen, what a light. Anyway, final studio album by Canadian. Heck yeah, singer songwriter Leonard Cohen released twenty first of October twenty sixteen by Columbia Records. The album was created while Cohen was dying and focuses on death, God, and humor. And I think that's a really good mm-hmm. yeah. summary. Anyway, um, so what I said is it's so simple. This is one of music's legend doing what he does best. Mm-hmm. I would put his lyrics against any artist whatsoever, and that's true. I realize there are other writers who are incredibly good, but for my money, I like, would say... Like that... NF, Jason? <laughs> like NF? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> NF is what, like 25? Leonard Cohen's like 84. I got my Tim's on, and I'm stupid. He does rap with those okay. tins. Can I note, NF was in my honorable mentions where we talked about where the light shines through. Uh, yes, That I wasn't know. exactly the Grammys. Okay. I know, yeah. But Leonard Cohen, I do think, is honestly the greatest writer in a musical sense um, I have ever heard. Incredibly tasteful. You can hear the thought put into every, not every mm. word, every syllable. I don't believe there is any artist who has so perfectly balanced enough mystery, enough uh, kind of cryptic... Cryptology? Is that a word? Enough of a cryptic... Yeah. Cryptology would be the study of okay. symbols. whatever. And yet, it's still accessible. I still know what he's talking about. Um, And yeah, I said, whereas Bowie's album was very cryptic, and I think therein lies that album's charm, Cohen's album did take a relatively simple approach. As always, mm-hmm. Leonard saying profound things with that classic twist of... Yeah humor he's always got a twinkle in his eye and yeah. that is one of the things that makes his writing and music so powerful yeah and uh yeah i said that uh basically he tells just kind of stories throughout the tracks again going back to vignettes the term we hate but keep using it does just tell twice vignette. we can't say we keep using the term if we've used the vignette twice. vignette vignette there we keep using the term vignette you are you happy now you've sewered us into um, that term and no album has shook me possibly more in my short lifetime when i heard that he passed away i went and i listened to the whole album and i thought you know what an incredibly powerful last statement you know after this he i you get the sense that he had nothing left to say and i mean what else could you expect it it is the sound uh, david bowie david bowie's album is the sound of a man coming to terms with his own mortality leonard's you want it darker is the sound of a man coming to terms with a god. Yeah, exactly. And and almost 
preparing himself to meet yeah. God. And you almost get the sense, again, that, uh, and we contrast these albums, and even looking at the covers, you know, they're both like these black and white, austere kind of things. Yeah. You get the sense that David Bowie's Black Star was an album where a man found out he was dying and had to come to terms, terms with it. And You Want It Darker was an album where a man was ready to die. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. You know, David Bowie, yeah, well you get said. the sense that he really had to reconcile it, but Leonard Cohen, like, was ready. Yeah, he was, yeah, well said. Um, yeah, I agree. And I think that every one of those songs, not every album is about being able to listen to it whenever you want, and I think that that's <laughs> yeah. a horrible way to judge it. But at the same time, I feel You Want It Darker is the perfect album when I'm sad, when I learned of his death. It mm-hmm. fit perfectly when I'm, you know like bombing along backcountry roads and i'm like in a super good mood he still has like a thumping instrumental like it's not all like yeah, gray well, gloomy funeral music and that's that's exactly coming back to what i said he mm-hmm. he addresses these very deep dark issues with a twinkle in his eye with yeah. a smile and that is such a powerful and elusive trait to have as a writer yeah. i know so nick cave has said he it tortures him he stays up at night thinking about how leonard cohen's able to pull that off and yeah i don't know that there's any more to add to that yeah and i think i would say i just do want to throw this out there yep i think black star is possibly the objectively better album in so much as music can be objective (laughs) if someone like you say that's your favorite album i could never argue that yeah i think that's totally valid but I connected with You Want It Darker just on such a, like, instinctual level that yeah. I could never, in good conscience, say that Black Star is my number one because I think You Want It Darker was just such a touching uh, closing act for yeah. one of music's, like, great all-time For ways. the consummate musical poet. Yeah. The, the definitive musical poet. So, just to quickly recap, my top three were Skeleton Tree by Nick Cave at number three. Definitely listen to that album. Listen to it. Okay. Number two, Jumping the Shark by Alex Cameron. Great song to cruise along to and laugh along to the to the words and just groove. Snap your fingers. And number one, Black Star. Flawlessly executed, unbelievably timed, and it made one of music's icons death into art and that's unprecedented and unbelievable your top three my top three number three big thief masterpiece just as i looked at my list i think it is important to realize how impressive of an accomplishment this is my numbers one and two are these old musicians who are in the game for decades yeah these guys from big thief are like i don't know late 20s and i think they made an incredible statement just like comfort food not in like an empty calorie sort of sense but in like Ma's homemade cooking, it's like just a solid, yeah. well-constructed album, and that lays a great foundation for yeah. the rest of their career. And I've said before, just in general, there is nothing wrong with that. I think people try to be creative yeah. in music sometimes too often, and sometimes all I want is to know what I'm getting into. You need that that yeah. backbone of great songwriting in order to cre- to accomplish things like Black Star. So I think that's a fantastic album. My standout tracks were Paul and Masterpiece. Oh, you're going to recite the standout yeah. tracks now. Oh, and we'll see. also probably make a YouTube playlist and link to that. Yeah. My number two is Black Star by David Bowie. I still think I said it well. Oh, Yay oh me. wow. Yay oh, me. do you? When I Good. said I thought it was captivating, draining, and amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, just an incredible amount of musical de- depth. Please listen to it and then listen to it again and then keep listening to it. Yeah. 
because it's an album that gets better the more you listen to it. And then my number one, oh, my standout tracks for David Bowie were Lazarus and Dollar Days. And if you want to be more like me, tack on Girl Loves Me on there because that song is ballin'. You can't go wrong, yeah. Man. And then Leonard Cohen, You Want It Darker was my number one. Um, I mean, we just talked about him, so I don't need to recap much. But just in my opinion, possibly music's great all-time poet, um, an incredible end to an incredible man. Yep. Standout tracks from that, Treaty and Traveling Light. Yep. And I think that that just about wraps it up. We said we were going to take around a half hour to do this. It's over an hour now. So, mm-hmm. so heck, heck that, heck those rules. Yeah, heck our got and silly, oh. dumb s- suggestions to ourselves. What do I hear up in the crow's nest of the good ship brothership? Land ho! Oh, we're, we're almost coming at the dock. end of our voyage. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I hope you didn't get scurvy. And I hope you enjoyed our salted pork. We could see. This is the great thing about having a naval, a nautical, roughly nautical themed. Um, if we get podcast, big, we can do cruises. We, well, yeah, at, <laughs> like wintertainment. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, we've got so many. Each we could call our episodes voyages. Instead of episodes, but no, that would be really no. stupid. <laughs> Never because this podcast is such a bastion of intelligence. <laughs> that would be that would be super annoying though, and like a like a brand new podcast to do. Is there anything um, we need to uh, run over? Um, the, I'm, I'm, okay, I've just googled the good ship because it, it's the good ship such and such, and yeah. these these are the things Ooh. that came up: the good ship lollipop, the good ship Venus, the good ship Jesus. The Good Ship Lifestyle Life and The style. Good Ship Venus Lyrics. The Good Venus. So, uh, uh, I don't know. Let's look up The That's... Good Ship Brothership and see if anything comes up. Okay. No, no, I did not mean The Good Ship Mothership. Heck that, Google. Oh, The Good Ship Company, Marijuana Edibles Made in Seattle. That is not our company. You know, maybe. It might be. Yeah, we might merge with them in the future. You never know. Um, I would just say, and this is all totally off the cuff, so I'm trying to remember everything. Please, if you did enjoy this, let us know. If you didn't, give us some criticism yeah. because we have no qualifications. I would love to hear what I did wrong. Like, not even being, I'm not even being uh, facetious. For sure. If you did like it, share it with your friends. We're not like trying to grow us into a career or anything because we're not good enough for that. But you know, it'd be fun to get some people voyaging with us in the future. Yeah. So you know, if this gets up on YouTube, who knows? It like, will. subscribe, share, all that garbage. Uh, take a sip of the Bepis. Mm-hmm. You know, 4.3% off, I think. And that's it. Do you have anything to add? I don't think that I have anything to add. Thanks for listening. If you actually have made it this far, if you have made it, let's check the. If you have made it one hour and 10 minutes and 10 seconds with us, thank you very hey, much for guess, listening. How many people do you think will do that? I would say we'll have how about people? nine people. Oh, okay, I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic. Hold on, hold on, okay. hold on. Hold on. Look at it. You spiked the mic. I'm sorry. I just got excited. If you are listening to this podcast at this point mm. in the podcast mm. section of of whatever it's the podcast section in the comment <laughs> section of whatever you're listening on, um, please type the words. Take a sip of a bath. No, 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 no. That's wait. <laughs> type the words coyote, Tylenol, five, four. An extraterrestrial into the comment section 
and that's how we'll know how many people have been listening There's thus far. There's so much slippage, though. Whatever. Slippage? I love slippage. What do you mean by that? Look at a lot of people who listen, but then don't type it into the comments. No. If you guys they, are quitters. If, yeah, if you do that and don't type that into the comments, what are you even here for? Yeah. What What are you even here for? I, that's just a good I question think... in general. What are you here for? <laughs> what did you expect from this? I think I think we'll get... I think we'll get two people who listen to this mm. all the way through the end. I think we're going to get five. I have faith. You think in, we're going to get five people? I have faith in the censored community. Yeah? Oh, I guess three, we can. Three from yeah. them. Aaron Soch, probably Randy. We're going to probably have to redact what you Liam's, just said there. Because yeah, that, okay. that group's not supposed to exist. I can't wait to go over that. Oh, that's a good point. And then it'll like, be at around 2,144. Mm. I'm going to make a note. Liam, I'm calling you out. Um because I know you're not going to listen to this. I'm going to ask you, <laughs> what did you think of the podcast? And yeah, Liam. I listened to about yeah. five minutes of it. <laughs> oh, you guys, like, you guys are really funny and, yeah. and neato. And I'll be like, yeah, I hate you too. Why don't you go like some Randy, comment against Randy me? Will, you know? Randy probably won't listen to this because he'll have to do his laundry. Johnny will. I love you, Johnny. Johnny, yeah. Johnny, we love you so much. Maybe even Emerson did. Emerson. I hope Emerson okay. did. Okay, we should probably stop. Okay, bye. Sorry, what do you want from me?